we will have a good meal Wednesday night. The work day at Shelter and Tree Ranch for Thursday the 21st has been pushed to Friday. Uh, Dave Burroughs had a conflict, so we pushed that work day till Friday. And we're going to meet here at 8 o'clock and hopefully leave by 8 o'clock and uh, travel to Savannah for a work day at Shelter and Tree Ranch. Sunday the 24th, 2.30 p.m., Southern Oaks Ministry. And I'm sure Brother Keith would like for some of us to attend that with him. Any more announcements? Let us worship.
He is risen indeed. I know that you're here this day because you know that fact. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you also will be raised up with him to spend all eternity in heaven if you call upon his name. For he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Join with me in prayer. Lord, as we've come before you this day, we ask more than anything else that we would know that you have indeed risen from the dead. We would live as people who know, as Easter people, resurrection people, people who know beyond a shadow of a doubt and know indeed that Christ has risen from the dead and are ready to go out into the world and tell the world that is lost and dying in darkness and sin and distress and despair that Jesus Christ has risen again. And we can live in such a way that the world will ask us the reason for the hope that is within us. And we will gladly say, and with all assurance, it is because of Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And the people together say, Amen. 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 Let me invite you to join with me in the Apostles' Creed, which is on your screen or either in page 881 in your hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered unto Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Would you be seated? went to the tomb and they expected to find a body there and they expected to anoint that body and to prepare it for the real burial that it didn't get to have but when they got there the stone was rolled away and there was an angel sitting on top and the angel said hallelujah Jesus Christ is not here he is risen and so they ran out to all the world and they told everyone that Jesus had risen from the dead so that's what we need to do. We need to go out into the world and we need to tell people that our Lord and Savior is risen indeed. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today so thankful for the sacrifice that was given so freely for us. Help us to remember this as we go throughout the year and help us to share your love, your light with the world, Father. Bless these children and their families. Bless this church and all those who love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. This morning's responsive reading will be Psalm 118. If you want to follow along in the hymnal, it will be page 839, or you can follow along on the screen. Let us pray. Almighty God, through your only Son, you overcame death and opened us to the light of eternity. Enlighten our minds and kindle our hearts with the presence of your Spirit, that we may hear your words of comfort and challenge in reading the Scriptures. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly, the right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. Which the has become the 
This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. The word of the Lord for the people of work. Let us be I invite you to hear the prayers of the people this day. Are there those that you would add to our list this morning? If you would call that name out, that we might add it to our list. The family of Bobby Bray. Are there any others? Norman Campbell. Colby Cunningham. Are there others? Wayne and Jackie Lott. John Dunn. Gleaner's House. Are there any others? Patsy Steed. The family of Dr. Ronald Johnson. Also remember Wayne and Jackie Lott. Are there any others? Then would you pray with me? Lord, you've heard the names that have been mentioned. We know that you already knew them. You were not caught unawares. You were not caught by surprise. There was not a name mentioned that you did not already know. There was not a situation brought up, enunciated out loud or silently in the hearts that you were not already aware of and working in. And so we ask, Lord, this day that as you have heard these names, we would realize there was something right and sweet and fitting when the family of God covenant together to pray and not just say that we will, but truly covenant together making a promise one to the other that we will lift each other up in prayer and supplication. And so as we bring these names before the throne room of heaven, we ask, Lord, that your grace and your mercy and your love would follow them all the days of their lives. We ask that you would guide the hands of the doctors and nurses. We ask, Lord, that your grace would flow down upon them and cover them like water down a mountainside, that they would be covered and immersed in the streams of grace and mercy and love. And now, Lord, we ask more than anything else that you would hear us as you taught your disciples to pray, saying... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Would our ushers come forward at this time? Lord, we ask that you would accept back these gifts and tithes and offerings that we cheerfully give to you. There is nothing we could do, nothing we could have earned, nothing that we could have tried to do in order to receive these gifts. They are freely given from you to us, and we now give them back to you to be used in this place and the world around us. Amen.
Please stand as we sing doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him all the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, Would you sing with me? Christ the Lord is risen today, and all hail King Jesus. Christ the Lord is risen today, alleluia, earth and in chorus say Alleluia Raise your voice and triumphs high Alleluia Sing ye hands and It's a strange time of the day to be a First Methodist here in Henderson because we're used to the later service, so it's a little odd standing here this morning at this time. My biological clock is trying to figure out exactly where I am and what I'm supposed to be doing, so bear with me this morning. There's some scripture I want you to hear. I want you to hear Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 4, just a short passage. Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. And when the Sabbath was passed... Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices 
that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the very first day of the week, they came into the tomb at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll away the stone from the door of the tomb? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great or large. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, first of all, I want to greet you on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, the year 2022 of our Lord, a day that we celebrate unlike any other. But the question that comes to my mind, should we celebrate this day like any other, or should it be special in some way? Well, I could make an argument to and against that. My argument would be, yes, we should celebrate this because it is Resurrection Sunday. But I would also challenge you to think in these terms. Every day is Resurrection Day because Jesus Christ is risen from the tomb. He is risen indeed. And so this is a day that the Lord has made, a day that he's set apart to acknowledge and to celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But as we celebrate this Easter Sunday, I want you to know that Easter is not all about the Easter Bunny hip-hopping along and bringing chocolate eggs that we gorge ourselves on and then wish we hadn't eaten so much. Easter is not about hiding colored eggs in every inch of the yard or the field and then little children going wild and crazy trying to find them. Easter is not about buying a brand new suit, a new Easter dress, a new Easter hat, or some new Easter shoes. The truth be told, Easter is not even about a certain day. And it's not about a certain time of the year. Truth be told, on the contrary, Easter, as I've already told you, Resurrection Sunday should be celebrated every day of the calendar. Every Easter Sunday morning should be a day that we celebrate. But also every day during the year should be a day that we celebrate the resurrection. Easter should be celebrated every morning as we open our eyes and we can see the beauty and the glory of the creation that our Father has given us. Easter should be celebrated every time you pass by an accident on the road and you give thanks to God that you are not involved, but you also ask God to be with those who are involved in the accident. Easter should be celebrated every time one of our loved ones has transitioned from this life to eternal rest. For Christ died that we might have grace and mercy everlasting. Not once a year grace, not once every 365 days grace, not sometimes grace, but a grace that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, every single year for the rest of all eternity. We have a Savior who died to give us grace that was sufficient for all of our needs. You notice the scriptures don't say he died that his grace might be sufficient for some of our really big needs. It's not like pulling out the big guns. When we really need something, we call on God and his grace. We call on God. We depend upon God and his grace each and every day, each and every moment, each and every minute of our lives. And if we do not do that, we are not truly living in Resurrection Sunday. We are to celebrate Jesus Christ because what he did for us is unlike that anyone else will ever do for us in our lives. Now, there may be a time, there may have been a time, when someone would have given their lives to save you. I know parents would give their own life to save the life of their children, but that saving power is just a physical power. It's just a physical salvation. It's not an eternal salvation. All you can do is to save the physical body, and even in that instance of physical saving and salvation, there's no guarantee that you, you will not die in the next few moments. They are still at that point, whoever it was that you gave your life to save, they are still at that point subject to a physical death. So thank God for a man named Jesus Christ the Son of Man, the very Son of the God 
who is the creator and sustainer of the universe, who gave up his life that we might be able to live life and live it more abundantly. He gave up his life. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed from the sickness of sin. We are healed from eternal damnation. He gave up life that we should no longer be condemned to eternal death, but to eternal life. His grace and mercy has been extended by the Almighty God, by Elohim Israel, by El Shaddai, by Jehovah Jireh, by Jehovah Shalom, by the God who is the creator and sustainer of the universe. What he did for us, no one else could ever do or would ever be able to do. Can I get an amen? Because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. We know that there is more physical witness to that than any other thing. We take things for granted that we read in a book, and we sometimes find ourselves doubting the truth of the resurrection. But I would tell you that there's more witness to the the occurrence of the resurrection than many things that we take so easily for granted. There were eyewitnesses. Christ appeared. To the 5,000, he appeared to the disciples. He appeared inside the locked room because, you see, the disciples, as I told you, were still living in a Good Friday world. The disciples were hidden behind locked doors. They were afraid that they would hear that knock on the door. And when they opened the door or when the door was burst asunder, the Roman soldiers would come in with the temple guards to carry them to also be crucified. They were hiding. They were scared. They were afraid. But Christ rose from the dead. And when he appeared to them, they were given a new spirit of truth and bravery and grace and love and compassion. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that no one could have done what Jesus Christ did other than Jesus Christ himself. The Bible tells us this. After Jesus had his hands and his feet nailed viciously to that old wooden cross, after Jesus had asked God to forgive us, and I say us because I believe every time we sin, we become a part of those who crucified Jesus Christ. After Jesus had told the thief on the cross next to him that he would see paradise on that very day. After Jesus told John, behold your mother and Mary, behold your son. And after he had cried out in agony and pain, Ella, Ella, lama which is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? After he yelled to the heavens, it is finished, and he hung his head. Freely, freely, giving up his very life that he held in his own hands. After they had pierced him in the side with the spear to verify that he was truly dead. The Bible tells us that after that occurrence, a man by the name of Joseph, who held from a place called Arimathea, asked the Roman governor Pilate if he could take the body of our Lord Jesus Christ and he would put that body in a tomb that he had reserved for his own self. After receiving permission, the body of Jesus was removed from the cross and it was placed in that borrowed tomb. Now, the Bible tells us that the Jewish leaders went to Pilate, and they said, this is not enough. We want more than this. And so the Jewish leaders went to the Roman authorities, and they requested that a huge stone and armed guards be placed in front of the tomb. So no one would be able to steal the body and claim that Christ was alive. Because the last thing they wanted was for someone to believe that Christ was still alive, that he had raised from the dead. They wanted everyone to be assured beyond a shadow of a doubt that not only had he been crucified, but he had been dead and was dead and had been buried and was buried, and a stone was rolled in front of the tomb. And under these orders, the Roman army ensured and commanded that a huge stone be rolled in front of the tomb in such a manner that it completely sealed the entrance. No one could enter. No one could exit. They used a huge stone, an enormous boulder, a great big rock to seal the tomb of Jesus called the Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, here's something I want you to hear. This stone is just one of many stones that appear in the Bible. 
And as we look at this passage that we must understand, here's what we must understand, that that stone represents a burden. If there was any hope of us escaping and overcoming the burden of death, then it was diminished and done away with the thought of there being no escape because of the burden of the stone. You see, symbolically, the stone is a burden that we can't move. Now, here's what I would ask you this day. Are there stones in your life that you can't move? Are there stones in your life that you can't move out of the way? Are there stones and burdens and sins in your life that no matter what you've done, it still comes back to haunt you? Are there stones in your life that no matter what you do, you can't move them out of the way? They're too large, they're too big, they're too heavy, they too effectively seal in that sin in your life. And no matter how hard you try, you can't move that stone away. This stone is, again, one of many stones that appear in the Bible, but it represents a burden. The Roman used a, the Romans used a huge stone because they knew that there was not enough people available to move that rock, that stone, that boulder, without making so much noise that the Roman soldiers would capture them and catch them in the act. And right now, in some of our lives, maybe some of us sitting right here, some within the sound of my voice, some who will hear me on radio in just a few moments, there are some that are so weighed down by the stone that has been cast upon us. Some of us are bearing the stones of financial difficulty. Some of us are bearing the stones of depression. Some of us are bearing the stones of guilt. Some of us are bearing the stones of a broken heart. Some of us are bearing the burden, the stone of ill health. Some of us are bearing the stone of a broken marriage, a broken family, or just being spiritually, morally, mentally, and physically just broken down by the weight of this burden that we've been trying to carry. And that is what the stone that was rolled in front of the tomb represents. It represents the fact that each and every one of us at some point in our lives, either now, yesterday, or in days to come, will encounter a stone in our lives that we can't move. There'll be a stone, a burden in our lives that we can't do anything with. There'll be a stone in our life that no matter how hard we try, we can't move it. Because you see, the only way that that stone can be rolled away is by giving our life, our faith, our hope, and putting our trust in Jesus Christ. Right now, there are some of us, again, who are bearing a stone. And we've been carrying it maybe for a long time. Maybe it's a recent stone. Maybe it's just been rolled into your life. But maybe that stone has been with you for a long time, and I want to share this with you. Every stone is a heavy burden. Proverbs 27.3 tells us that a stone is heavy, and this stone that's weighing us down is huge. It's enormous. As a matter of fact, sometimes life, even for those of us who are living in the Word to the best of our ability, seems to be just too much. Sometimes we just reach a point in our life where we just want to throw our hands up to the heavens and say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't take this anymore. What can I do, Lord? Well, there's nothing, I hate to tell you, but there is nothing that you can do but Jesus Christ to move the stone out of your life. Because, you see, that's how Satan wants you to feel. Satan wants you to believe that there's nothing you can do to overcome this burden in your life. Satan wants you to believe that there's absolutely nothing that can happen in your life that would roll away that stone. But let me tell you this morning, on Resurrection Sunday, the year of our Lord, 2022, that that stone can be rolled away by the power of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 8.14 says a stone can be a stone of stumbling. Have you ever found yourself going through life, tripping along, laughing, smiling, everything seems to be great, the sun is shining, everything is going well, and suddenly you just, boom, you fall over, and you realize you've stumbled over a stone. I don't know what that stone is in your life. The stone in your life is probably totally different than the stone in my life. But each and every one of us at some point, either now, again, yesterday, again, or in the future to come, has or will have a stone that causes stumbling in their lives. A stone can trip you up. 
You may think you're doing okay. You may think you've got it all going on. You may think you've got it all together. Sometimes I get it all together, and then I find that I've forgotten what I did with it after I got it together. Sometimes you may feel like that you've got the world by the tail. You may feel like you're walking the straight and the narrow. You may feel like that you are so close to Jesus Christ that absolutely nothing can bother you, and then all of a sudden you trip and fall because the devil has put a stone of stumbling in your path. And I want you to know that if you trip, don't fret. Just try to catch your balance and keep on going. If you trip, don't give up on what you set out to accomplish. And even if you stumble and fall, Christ will reach down. He will pick you up. He will brush you off, and he will push you back into life. So don't let the stone of stumbling stop you. Zechariah 12.3 tells us that stones are burdensome. They're not meant to be easy. They're not meant to accommodate your lifestyle. They're not meant to fit into your scheme of things. They're not meant to bring efficiency to your life. They're meant to alter the way you do things. They're meant to alter the way you see things. They're meant to get in your way, to hinder you, and even stop you from accomplishing anything that God wants you to do. They are burdensome. They block you from the power that comes from Jesus Christ. And yet God gives us a way out of that. Because I can hear the psalmist in Psalm 55, 22 say, Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and he shall give you rest. Or some translations say, he shall sustain you. I want you to hear this word. Stones are designed to break you. Stones can kill you. If you don't believe me, ask a little shepherd boy by the name of David. The Bible tells us that David used three smooth stones to slay a Philistine giant called Goliath. Everyone in the army of Israel was afraid of this giant. Every day, Goliath would come down, and he would stand on the Philistine side, and he would make fun of the Israelite army. He would make fun of the Israeli soldiers. He would laugh and jeer and make fun of their size and their inability to do anything to stop him until one day, a little shepherd boy, who was not overcome by his size, who wasn't overcome by his ferociousness, took three smooth stones and overcame this great big giant, causing him to fall to his death. And they were small stones. So imagine what a great big stone can do to you. Don't be mistaken. Stones can kill you. In our text this morning, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome began their journey to the tomb to anoint the body on Sunday morning. We know it was Sunday because the Bible says it was the first day of the week. The first day of the week followed the Jewish Sabbath, which fell on a Saturday. Now, these women begin to walk to the tomb, and they begin to wonder, like any of us would, how in the world are we, three people, going to move this huge stone? How are we going to anoint the body of Christ if we can't even get to the body of Christ? This was a large stone. It was not something this big that three people could kind of maybe get under and use a wooden ledge, wedge, or some kind to move it out of the way. It was so large, it was a burdensome stone. It was there to stop them from coming to the tomb of Christ. They knew that they would be unable to roll the stone away. It was a difficult stone. It was a huge stone. It was a stone that was going to give them more problems that they could overcome, but they still kept on their journey towards the stone. Now, it would have been easy for these women to just give up. Let's be honest. Some of us would have gotten together over coffee that morning and said, you know, it just hit me. There's a stone in front of that tomb. It must weigh 10 tons. There's absolutely no way that we can move that stone. We can't take a front-end loader because there's not any. All the donkeys in Jerusalem couldn't attach to it and pull it out of the way. We can't do anything because there's Roman soldiers standing on guard waiting, and as soon as they heard us make that any kind of noise, they're going to be upon us, and we're going to find ourselves in prison, perhaps being crucified. And so it would have been easy for them to just sit around their cups of coffee that morning and say, you know, let's just forget it. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. It was a difficult stone, and yet despite the difficulty and the huge stone that was in their path, they began their journey. 
Can't you hear them talking as they walked along the way, talking among themselves, going, what are we going to do, Mary? I don't know. What do you think we should do? I have no idea. I just know that I'm called to go and anoint the body of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to hear. On this Resurrection Sunday morning, I need you to be more like these women of faith. I'm ashamed to admit it, but again, you know what the disciples were? They probably were still sleeping in because they'd locked all the doors, covered all the windows. It was probably dark as pitch inside their room. They didn't want anybody to know where they were. They didn't want anybody to know what they were doing. They didn't want anyone to come upon them. They sure didn't want to hear this knock at the door with the Roman soldiers beating on the door. What they wanted more than anything else was to be let alone and allowed to have a pity party for themselves. You ever have a pity party? You don't have to invite anybody. You can just invite yourself. You invite yourself. You sit there at the table. You put your hands over your chin, and you kind of sit there and you look off into the distance and you think of all the reasons that things are going so badly in your life. You think of all the things in your life that are going wrong. You think of all those things that you tried and failed at. You think of all those times that you reached out to someone and they rebuffed you. You think of all of those times that you tried to overcome sin in your life and instead that boulder rolled back and crushed you. You find yourself having your own personal pity party, and that's what was happening with the disciples. Everything they thought they knew for three and a half years had been thrown by the wayside. But yet here were three women, Mary, Mary, and Salome, going to the tomb. When you find yourself climbing the side of a mountain, let me give you a word. Don't let the stone stop you. When you come across someone who doesn't know the Lord and their heart is cold and they're stony and they're impenetrable, keep on loving them anyway and don't let the stone stop you. When your health is failing and you're lying on your bed of affliction, you ought to look up to the hills from whence your hope comes and don't let the stone stop you. Because you see, the devil wants nothing more than to have the stone stop you this morning. The devil wants the stone to stop your marriage from working. The devil wants the stone to stop your financial blessing from happening. The devil wants the stone to stop you from knowing God's plan for your life that can be found in reading his word. The devil wants your family to fall apart. The devil wants you to not be a success. That way you can't help anybody else. The devil wants to stop you from worshiping and praising God. There is nothing that hurts the ears of Satan himself more than the praises of God's people. And Satan wants more than anything else to put a stone in your life that keeps you from having the ability, the energy, the enthusiasm to praise God. The devil wants to stop you from worshiping and praising God. Now I want you to hear something this morning. I know a stone that's not trying to stop me from doing something. I know a stone that's on my side. I know a stone that's going to help me out. Now, my stone is bigger than any stone the devil can throw my way. My stone is bigger than any stumbling block that the devil can lay down before me. My stone is like a mountain, and I can hide behind my mountain of a stone when the going gets rough because I heard, listen to this, again I heard that Jesus said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell itself, shall not prevail against it. I've heard songwriters say, in times like this, we need a Savior. In times like this, we need an anchor. Be very sure that your anchor holds on and grips a solid rock that is Jesus Christ. That rock is Jesus Christ, and yes, this rock is Jesus, the only Son of the living God. Is there anybody here today that knows that their faith is anchored in the solid rock? I hope there is. I trust that there is. I know that there is. I know that there are many among you whose faith is anchored in the solid rock called Jesus Christ. So I can hear John calling him the Word and saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The last thing that I need you to know this morning is this. If you stay anchored in the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and don't turn back from the Almighty God, there's another kind of stone that John says in the book of Revelation, 
will be your inheritance. Now, we've been talking about stones this morning, rolling away stones, stones that are burdened, stones that are stop us, stones that keep us from doing what God wants us to do, stones that cause us to be depressed, stones that cause us to not reach out to the world around us. But there's another stone that I want you to hear about. In Revelation 2.17, John says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone. And in that stone a new name is written, which no man knoweth, saveth he that receiveth it. I've got a new name waiting. If you believe in Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, if you've accepted him into your heart and you have with your mouth said that I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you too have a new stone waiting for you. I don't know about you, but I want my stone with my name in it. I want my white stone with my name in it. I'm glad this morning that he has a new name written down in my stone. You see, my name down here on earth has been criticized. My name here on earth has been scandalized. My name has been victimized. It's been ostracized. But when heaven and earth pass away and I'm standing on the word of God, thanks be to God that I will have a new stone. Don't get jealous of me, though, because God has enough white stones for each and every one of you. There's plenty to go around. All you have to do is call upon the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you too will be given a new stone. That's why Jesus died and the blood came streaming down. He died and the sun and the moon and the stars refused to shine. He died and the earth began to rock and to reel and to roll. He died and the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, symbolizes that no longer would there only be the high priest able to commune with God, but we as children of God would be able to talk to him as Abba, as Father. We would be able to talk to him the way we would our earthly father, a million times greater than that. We would be able to talk to the God of the universe by saying, Father, Abba, Daddy, I need, I need your power, I need your strength, I need you because I can't do it on my own. The Bible tells us early one Sunday morning, as Mary Magdalene, Mary, his mother, and Salome went to the tomb, the stone had already been rolled away. And an angel was sitting on top of that stone and said to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? It was early one Sunday morning before the break of the day. Jesus rose with all power, all authority in his hands. He's got the power to roll away your stone. He's got the power to pick you up. He's got the power to turn you around. He's got the power to face your feet on solid ground. He's got the power to make you face the direction you should be going in. And I challenge you this morning, as God rolls away the stone in your life, when you come to him with prayer and supplication, that you would join with me as we say, he is risen, he is risen indeed. Would you join with me as we say, he is risen he is risen indeed. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, this Easter morning, this morning of all mornings, this time that we set aside to celebrate the stone that was rolled away, the truth of the resurrection, help us to realize that it is not only this day. It is every day, every moment, every minute, every hour, every week, every month, every year, for all eternity until Christ returns, that we can celebrate. He is risen. He is risen indeed. We can go forth from this place and proclaim to a lost and dying world that is lost in darkness and dying because of sin, crushed by the boulders and the stones of sin. We can proclaim to them, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be set free. And the scriptures tell us that he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And we claim that promise this day, Lord. We claim the promise that we have been set free. We claim the promise that we have had our stone rolled away. We claim the promise that you are our Lord of lords and King of kings. We claim the promise that you have given us eternal life because of your sacrifice on the cross. We claim the promise that you will be with us always, even into the ends of the earth. We claim the promise that you will be my, our, the Lord of the universe. And we hold on to that because we know that our faith is anchored in the solid rock 
called Jesus Christ. And the people together say, Amen. Amen. Would you please stand with me? as you're able to remain standing this morning as you'll see on your screen or turn with me to page 15 to page 15 as we begin the Lord be with you, and also be you. lift up your heart we lift up the Lord. let us give thanks to the Lord our God and so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven we praise your name and we join their unending hymn Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I would ask you for just a moment to close your eyes and to bring to your memory those times that Christ has rolled away the stone in your life, that you would hear and relive and remember those times that Christ delivered you Christ picked you up, Christ brushed you off, and Christ put you back into the fight as we silently remember these things. And so now in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. And so we ask now that the work of the Holy Spirit would fall down upon us. We would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this room, this place is filled with his spirit. And we would leave this place saying it has indeed been good to be in the house of the Lord. So all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father God, now and forever. And we say together, amen. 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 On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. And holding the bread up to the heavens, he took it and he broke it and blessed it, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which was freely given for you. And in like manner, at the end of the day, at the end of the communal meal, with what would have been the fourth cup of that meal, he held the cup up to the heavens and said, Take, drink, 
This is my blood which was given for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so in like manner, we continue to do these things in remembrance of the mighty works of Jesus Christ through his sacrifice on the cross. And Christ invites you to come to his table now. brother, the body and the blood of Christ. Would you hear this prayer? As we have come to this altar, as we have taken the body, the blood of Christ, help us to remember more than anything else that this body and blood was broken and shed for us, for no other reason than the redemption of the human race from the affliction of sin. So be with us as we leave this place. Fill us with joy to tell the world. We ask it in your name. Amen. sister of the body and the blood of Christ. Joy, the body and the blood of Christ, my brother. Amen. Him, the body and the blood of Christ. Amen. The body and the blood of Christ. Amen. The body and the blood of Christ. Amen. Sherry, the body and the blood of Christ, my sister. Cliff, the body and the blood of Christ. Bob, my brother, the body and the blood of Christ. Becky, my sister, the body and the blood of would you hear this prayer again as we have come to you we've accepted the sacrifice that you made on our behalf we ask Lord more than anything else that we would be filled with your grace 
your mercy and your love, and we would announce to the world he is risen indeed, and the people together say, amen. is about the blood of Christ, the body and the blood of Christ, amen, Pete, the body and the blood of Christ, 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 amen, the body and the blood of Christ, amen, Bill, the body and the blood of Christ, my brother, body and the blood of Christ, the body and the blood of Christ, Pete, amen, Eric and my sister, the body and the blood of Christ, the body and the blood of Christ, amen, would you pray with me, as we leave this altar, Help us to leave behind those burdens and stones of sin. Help us to leave behind those things that do so easily afflict us and beset us. Help us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. And the people together say, Amen. Amen. Hear this prayer. Lord, again, we have come to you knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt, the only thing that can save us 
is the blood of Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that we would be forgiven of our sins, we would be refreshed and renewed and caused to go out into the world and tell a world that so desperately needs to hear that he is risen. And the people together say, Amen. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of
all time. I'm hosting it for Facebook and some of your social media sites so that people might know that you too believe that God has given to you through Christ as a blessing, as one who rolls away the stones and stones from our lives. So I'll leave that at the front of the sanctuary here at the altar. And you can come after church and just have your message and put your name with that. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we come before you, we come before you as people who've been crushed by others, people who've been rolled over by some, people who've tried to lift some, people who've tried to move some, and have found out that.